0: Today's message is the spirit within. The spirit within. Our main scripture talking about, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. John 16:5 says this, but now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and none of you ask me, Where am I, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Not some ghostly Casper the Ghost type thing, but I'll send him to you. Jesus said it's best for him to leave for us. Now, I'm sure the disciples said, Are you kidding me? How can that be best? And if you ask many Christians today, they would probably say, What would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, the Holy Spirit come on you, or would you rather have Jesus stay here with you? Most people would probably say, Oh, I would rather have Jesus to stay with me. But he said, It's to your advantage if I leave. It's to your advantage if I leave so the Holy Spirit can come upon you. So, But in John 16, 13 through 15, if you read those three scriptures there, this is what I know. I have said this since 1987 more than any scriptures that I've ever said. And I say this probably at least weekly, that the Holy Ghost leads me and he guides me into all truth and he shows me things to come. This is what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll guide you. He'll teach you will even show you things to come. How, how awesome is that? That divides an idol from God. That divides Baal and all these uh, people that think that they are whatever they are. That divides them from God. God is the one who knows every day of the future because not only is he in the present, he's in the future, right now. Right now, he's there. And so the Holy Spirit can show you some things in the future. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome for the Spirit of God to show you and me some things in the future. Um, but I want to talk to you some advantages of, uh, that you need or benefits or things that would help us because we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He leads us by peace. Now, all of us have the fruit of the Spirit, so, which means you have peace in you. We all have the peace of God within us. But this is the thing. The Holy Spirit can cause that peace uh, to come alive or be manifested when you're making decisions. Or it can cause you not to be so peaceful inside when you're making a wrong decision. Colossians 3.15 talks about this. It says, the peace that Christ gives us is to guide you in the decisions you make. The peace is to guide you in the decisions you make. For it is uh, to this peace that God has called you together in one body and to be thankful. I believe the Amplified uh, version says, he's your umpire. You know, I like to play sports, more so when I was younger than now, but I I grew up playing sports all the time. And any kind of sports activity, you have somebody to officiate or to keep... uh, things in order to make decisions, because people will argue, but whatever the ref or whatever the umpire says, that's the final decision. That's the, you know, everybody can say, no, he was safe. No, he was out. I'm telling you he was safe. The umpire says, he was out, all right, and that's a done deal. So the umpire makes the final decision. This is what God is saying. The Holy Spirit inside you and me is the one who knows the perfect will of God, and he makes the final decision, and the way that you and I know that is by Peace, by peace. I have a friend in real estate, and he sat there, and he said he was on the East Coast, and he had the deal of a lifetime, and the deal of a lifetime that he was going to make, and he thought the numbers were just awesome, and he was going to make a ton of money off this property and everything, it was an apartment complex, and man, he was just going to be rolling in the dough, and just something inside, of him. he asked God, he asked God. You got to make sure you bring God into your business realm. He's not just a God for Sunday morning. Are you hearing me? He wants to help you in purchasing a car. He wants to help you in choosing a spouse. He wants to help you in every business decision. He wants to help you in every part of your life. And so he was talking to God about this, and, the, and he just didn't feel at peace. Colossians 3:15, the, the umpire was saying, No, 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 don't this isn't good. And he fought inside of his mind because he was thinking, man, I know property and I know real estate. This is a deal. And the Spirit of God just said no. And so he just thought, all right, I'm going to turn this one down. He turned it down. Come to find out, weeks, maybe even a few months later, he found out there was something. Somebody else, an investor bought that property. He found out there was something majorly, majorly wrong. Wrong with that property there. would cost him thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. Nobody knew that. But God did. The peace of God. I'm telling you, he wants you to make good decisions. He wants to, to let you know that I know the future. He knew that was going to happen. He knew that was going to happen. If you were younger, man, I, when I was younger... I was going to say something that some of the young people may think that I'm old, but I'm not. But when I was younger, I was dating this girl, and and, uh, I just thought I was in Bible school. And I thought, this is the one. And when I went out with her on the first date, it was the most miserable time. (laughs) Just everything inside of me, it just felt sickly and just like... I could not get her home fast enough. But God God knew. God knows. I don't know if Melody had a hard time hearing from God, but she told me no three or four times before. Obviously, she didn't hear God as well as I do. But anyway. (laughs) Oh, she can't watch this in Africa. But. She did. She told me no three times. And the fourth time, I just thought, I'm, you know, I do have a little bit of pride. If she tells me no this next time, I may not pursue this. But God wants you to know. He wants you to know. I know what's best for you. God is never keeping something fun or good from you. He's causing you to be in a place where you can enjoy life to the fullest. But you can't put confidence in your flesh. And this is what people do. There's three or four places in the New Testament. He says, put no confidence in the flesh. Sometimes we get so educated that we trust our flesh. We trust our flesh more than the Spirit of God. We trust it. And this is why our scripture for this year, put your trust in the Lord. With all of your heart, lean not, lean not to what? Your own understanding. And your own understanding, because your own understanding will make a bad choice from time to time. I've made poor choices. I've made some bad How about you in your past, my past? We've made some, haven't we? But it wasn't because of God. It's because we were leaning to our own understanding. We were leaning to what we thought was best. But we have to have that inner peace. And when you have that, even though your brain says, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Don't do that. Or you should do that. But the peace of God goes, Mm-mm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, this piece is always umpiring. It's always there. But are we listening? Are we listening? And so today I'm going to talk to you about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know there's some people that's controversial. I know that uh, some people think it's passed away. But I'm not going to give you my opinion today. I'm going to give you the word. And there's going to be a lot of scriptures, a lot of scriptures but uh, I probably have been more impressed uh, with the, the Nazarenes as far as ministry goes than any full gospel, tongue-talking preacher. I've had two encounters with two Nazarenes, both of them. Uh, one of them was he came to hear as uh, Catherine's husband who was basically killed in a car accident. But when he was here, he was a retired Nazarene minister. He was one of my biggest amen He was one of my biggest encouragers. He was just awesome. and uh, But I knew his beliefs. I knew he did not believe in speaking in tongues. I knew that. And yet, we were really, really good friends. That was not a barrier between him and me. I didn't allow it, and neither did he. Well, one this was several, several years ago, many, many years ago. I felt led to talk about what I'm talking about today. And so I called him up. I said, Brother Bill, just want you to know I'm going to be talking and speaking in tongues tomorrow. So if you want to stay home, you know, I just want you to know that. He said, what? Pastor Mike, I can't believe you would want me to stay home. I said, well, I just, you know, I didn't want it to be. He says, if you... If that's what God put on your heart, he says, I'll be there with bells on, and I'll be amen. Now, you just do. You let it out. <laughs> I thought you, I need about 500 people more like you in our <laughs> church. But anyway, then there was another time. Uh, he was the, the pastor of First Church of the Nazarene on the south side of town, Conley Henderson. Anybody ever remember him, Conley? He's since retired. And uh, matter of fact, he may have passed away too. He was, he was uh, pretty a lot older than me. And so when I, I remember when I first came to town, some of the ministers got together. Conley Henderson was one. He sat beside me, and he made me feel so special. He made me feel. He says, "Mike, you are such an encouragement." And I go. You've never heard me speak. You don't know nothing about me. He said, you, I was uh, in my 30s, early 30s, and said, just being young and being a pastor, you're just an encouragement to me. And from that point on, we drew closer and closer and closer. I had a great relationship with that man. Well, there was a vineyard church pastor friend of mine who didn't have a building. He wanted to use, this is when we were old, the storefront building off Club Manor, he he wanted to use my building for a Friday night healing service. I said, sure. And so he invited me, and of all people, Conley Henderson. And, you know, the Nazarene people, like I said, they're not... they don't believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, there's differences in our beliefs, which is fine. I didn't have a problem with that. And I thought, man, great. So Conley Henderson and I was sitting on the front row. The vineyard guy was up there in shorts preaching. <laughs> Conley Henderson had a three piece suit on and everything. You know, I thought there could not be anything different further from the spectrum. You know what I mean? But he was just there, and he's just smiling the whole time and everything. And then uh, so he had a healing line at the end. He wanted to pray for the sick. And he said, uh, Brother Mike and and Brother uh, Conley, come up here. I want you all to pray with me with these people. And I went, oh, this ought to be good. (laughs) So I'm sitting here on one side, Conley Henderson's on the other side, and then this vineyard. He was there, and all of a sudden, he just started ripping out in tongues. You know, I'm praying. I'm just really, and as soon as he started ripping out in tongues, my eyes blurted open, and I just looked at Conley like, what's going to happen? And Conley Henderson was just had his eyes closed, he was going, yes, yes. And after it was all over with and everything, he said, that was one of the best services, and I just thought, Lord, you're awesome. You are awesome. There's so many Christians that get, that get their panties in a wad because something's said they don't agree with. I said that so if you're super spiritual, that would offend you. But anyway, sometimes super spiritual people need to be offended. Testing, one, two. This is the thing. Do you know, as believers, we should all be able to love one another whether we disagree with one another or not. I believe in the rapture. I don't believe in the rapture. I don't believe in this. I can't associate with you. You realize that that John and his disciples, they got ticked off because there's some people over there that are preaching, you know, kind of like you, Jesus, but. They're not with us. Do you want me to call fire down upon them? There's some Christians today who still have that attitude. And this is what Jesus would say to those Christians, and he said this to John. He says, you don't know what spirit you are. He says, if they're preaching with us, it doesn't matter if they're exactly on the same page as us. You leave them alone. We get so defensive when people aren't believe listen to me nobody is ever going to believe exactly like you including moi 10 years ago I dis- if I was going went back in time 10 years ago I would disagree with Pastor Mike there's <laughs> some things that I taught that I don't believe today what I believe in so many legalistic things in my past man And the Lord loved me just the same. He didn't kick me out of the pulpit. Matter of fact, he keeps encouraging me. My point is this. The Spirit of God wants you and I to know that just because you may believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't put you here and put the Nazarenes here and put the Baptists here and put the Presbyterians here. That's what a lot of Christians do. We categorize everybody. Uh, but God sees his family Boom, all the same he does and the church needs to hear that I was at um, Lubbock, Texas and there's a church I was visiting and the minister there said that his denomination they knew a lot more than other denominations and so that they had an kind of like more of an in with God. I really wanted to talk to him after the church service. But you know what? When people have that mentality, you're not going to be able to probably to talk to them. That's kind of like me having my three kids and going, well, I love this one a lot better than those other two. (laughs) There may be some time. No, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, (laughs) kidding. Kidding, I got all three of them here. Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, but you know, if you're a smart parent, a good parent, you're not going to love one child more than another. You shouldn't. You love them all the same, and they're gifted differently. They know things differently. Everything's different, but you love them all the same. How much more does your heavenly Father do that with all of us? With all of us. All right. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures right now so you can get your, you can decide after this. Acts 1, 4 through 5. This is the Passion Translation. He shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem. This is after the resurrection. But wait here until you receive the gift. The what? The gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. He says, well, there's two benefits for being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being filled with power and being a stronger witness. Can you be a witness without the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 100% yes. And let me just say this, years ago, probably 20, 30 years ago, people were preaching, you know, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're probably not saved. Where is that in the Bible? It's not, just so you know. It's not. It's not in there. But this is, I want you to realize some things that God, you know, I'm just thankful, you know, that uh, when you are doing a specific job, you have things that are available to you. Well, for this life, there's something available to you. It's the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's available to you. It doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. It just means that you can be helped in certain areas and be more aware of certain things with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Chapter 2, Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, On the day of Pentecost was being filled all the disciples were gathered in one place suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm the roar of the wind was so overpowering that it was all anyone could bear then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them they were all filled and equipped with the holy spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues empowered by the Spirit to speak the languages they had never learned. At that first infilling, they were speaking a language that other people knew, but they did not. But if you go on, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, they just spoke in tongues, and it was not a language that anybody knew. Verse 38 and 39 said, Then Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift... Of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you, to your children, and to who are all afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 12, Acts 8 12. But when they believed, Philip preached to some people. They all got born again. Philip was the preacher, and they all got born again. It says, When they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. So they were saved. What does it take to be saved? You just believe. You believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. 8.14 says this, once uh, Philip, he preached, and they got him saved. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God through Philip, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them, and they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of apostles' hands on the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. What do you think Simon saw? He didn't see, like Casper, the Holy Spirit go down inside of them. He saw them speaking in tongues. If you study the book of Acts the majority of times when people were filled with the Spirit, they spoke in tongues. So he saw this. Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. In other words, the Jewish people. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them. Speak with tongues and magnified God. And Peter then answered them. So what I know, the first time I was 18 years old, I was in the Air Force, and I came home for leave. I grew up Southern Baptist. We all believed that speaking in tongues was of the devil. We did. It's funny, though, that you can go to places that are, you know, maybe dark or whatever, you go to some drug dealer house or whatever, and um, nobody there is speaking in tongues. It's funny, but it, if, if we really believe that, some of the darkest places should be, they should be having at it. When I was a teenager, I was in some of those places, man, and nobody was doing that, that's for sure. Nobody goes, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm speaking in tongues. Oh, yeah, but if you go to church, it's of the devil. But anyway, this is what, when I was, came home for leave, my, my brother-in-law, he took me to one of those churches that believed in that. And, man, this is what made me listen to what they were saying. I was raised in church all my life. I was saved when I was seven years old. And, man, when I got there, I've never felt what I felt when I went to that church. God was real. He wasn't just somebody that was way up there. He was present. He was alive, and he was all over me. And I had, I've never had such a hunger for God until that time of 18 years' age. I was saved when I was seven. Would I went to heaven if I was nine? Absolutely. But this is the point I want to make. I started being aware and listening. Even though I was taught that it was of the devil, I said, something's real here. Something is real here. And I want whatever they are offering because I want God. And so when they said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm in line. They laid their hands on me. Man, I felt the presence of God. As a matter of fact, my whole body started shaking. Nothing freaked me out. I've been prayed for when I was a Baptist boy, and, man, I just got sweat. That's all I got, you know, but off the guy's hand. But this is, <laughs> <laughs> but this time something happened, but I never spoke in tongues. I went back in the Air Force off leave, and when I got back there, somebody wrote me a letter. And uh, I wrote them. I said, well, no, I don't, that we were going back and forth. And I said, no, I, 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 I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Because I didn't speak in tongues, you know, I I was close, I was real close, real close, but I didn't get it. And this is the thing, I did get it. The Bible says this: if you ask, let me just read it to you. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus said this: if you if somebody if your kid wants a fish, would you give him a scorpion or a snake? He said, no, if your child asks for something, you're going to give them what they want food-wise. He says, how much more would your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you to them who ask? So this is the thing. If you ask to be baptized with the Spirit of God, if you ask for it, 1,000%, 100%, it's a guarantee that you'll get it. You don't have to get good enough. Don't have to... Let me make sure I got... All, all of my sins are forgiven. I got to make sure. No, no, don't even go there. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you ask for it. The Bible guarantees, and I believe the Bible guarantees. I like his guarantees. Remember that guy who used to sell suits in Colorado Springs. He used to sell it. And it's the best suit. I guaranteed it. Everybody going, whoa, he guarantees it. That's good, because hardly anything's guaranteed today. But anyway. Uh, the Bible guarantees that if you ask for it, you'll get it. So this person wrote to me and said, You got it, Mike. You got it. I said, Well, I, I didn't speak in tongues or anything like that. And um, so let me read a couple more scriptures, and I'll continue with this. Romans 8, 26 says, In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weaknesses. So this scripture is talking about Have have you ever want to pray better than what you pray? I think all of us could say amen to that, right? Have you ever wanted? I remember I wanted to pray better for my kids, you know. I wanted to pray better for for my future. How how about praying for your future? How do you pray for your future? Well, this is the way I do it. I pray everything in English, and then I just say, okay, I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit for my kids right now. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit for my kids. Why? Because of this scripture. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. We don't. But it goes on. Let me just read it. Is that the passion translation? But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs, Too deep for words. You just don't know how to pray. You know, Lord, bless my kids. You know, help them to find, you know, just the right person for them. Help them, Lord, to have good uh, jobs and great provision. Help them to find what you have called them to do. Help them, Lord. And I just go on and on in English. And then you just get to the end of your rope and you just think, that's all I got. That's all I got. And then when you and I pray, let's just be real. We pray through our filters. We do. We pray through our filters. How you were raised, what you believe. You know, people say, oh, that person's biased, you know, whatever. We're all biased. There's no such thing as being unbiased. imbiased, unbiased, whatever that word is. There's no such thing. We all look through filters, no matter who you are what you... How, it, you look through filters of how you were raised and what you believe. We all have filters. When you pray, you're going to pray through filters. But there's one prayer that bypasses your filters, that bypasses your brain, period. It bypasses. And you pray the perfect will of God. It's called praying in tongues. Let me just back up. Don't be like some flaky people that going down the aisle of Walmart and you hear them four hours over speaking in tongues. If I hear that, I run. And I'm a pastor. I'm thinking, dear Lord, I hope they don't start talking to me and people think that they're somehow connected to me. No, you're not supposed to be flaky. Jesus had the most awesome ministry, and I don't think the people of the world thought he was some spooky spiritual flake. They wanted to be with him. Are you hearing me? I said, the world. Wanted to be the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the ones who were hurting, the ones who were sick, the ones who didn't know anything about God, anybody who didn't know about God, they wanted to be with Jesus. There's some Christians I don't want to be with. Spooky spooky, spiritual people. Flaky people. I'm preaching just as good as I was just a minute ago. Listen to me. We're supposed to be drawing people to us. We're supposed to be drawing people to us. They were drawn to Jesus. I just believe, and don't get me wrong, I don't do everything right. There's been some times that I've done stupid things spiritually as well. I'm not trying to put myself above other people. But in Mark sixteen seventeen it says these miracles, signs will accompany those who believe. Are you a believer? Yes. These things are supposed to accompany you. They will drive out demons in the power of the name, and they will speak in tongues. I'm not going to twist anybody's arm. I'm not going to say you need, you, you better get this. But I just know it will make your life easier and better. And let me just differentiate, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about nine gifts there. It talks about the gifts, and one of them says, speaking in tongues. So people think, well, I just don't have that gift. That is a specific gift that is different for everybody to have the gift of tongues. That gift is for, to ha- if you have that gift, then you have an interpreter to interpret what you said in tongues, and so the church can pro- uh, profit from that. Gifts and tongues equals prophecy. But what I'm talking about, first of all, how many subjects that a whole chapter of the Bible is devoted to it? First Corinthians chapter 14, the whole chapter is devoted to tongues, the whole chapter. So people who don't believe in this have to rip that chapter out. Are you hearing me? People say, well, I do believe in it, but I believe it's passed away. And this is the scripture they use, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails, but whether there are pro- prophecies... They will fall, whether there are tongues, they will cease. There you go. They'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So, and they believe when we got the Bible, that was the perfect thing that it's talking about, so tongues has ceased. Well, there's one problem with that, because right after it says tongues it ceased, it says knowledge will vanish away. Ladies and gentlemen, We knowledge on this planet doubles every so many years. It's increasing exponentially. I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. They say, see, tongues has ceased and done away with. So, well, okay, then let's... And I know sometimes you listen to news and what's going on in the world, you think knowledge has passed away, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't. It's increasing to some degree. Stupidity is too. But I mean, but it's increasing. It's increasing. So tongues has not passed away. But um, I just know, let me finish my testimony. So I, I, I just feel like I couldn't get it. And this is why. Because I was waiting for God to come down, grab hold of my tongue. And flop it up and down. Have you been there? You just wait for God to do that. And so I just stand there and go. After a while, it got so boring. You do that for 30 minutes and it's like eternity. (coughs) Nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. So I got another letter from this person. And they said, Mike, the Bible says you will do the speaking. You will do the speaking. So I'm still piecing this together. So I go, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for filling me. And then another part of the puzzle. Did you know you can't speak two languages at one time? I know a little bit of Swahili. How about a Ghani? How are you? I'm doing really well. You can't see that was two separate languages. It's kind of like speaking English in Kentucky. You can't do it. But anyway... You can't do both at the same time I mean you just (laughs) and so I realized that when you're trying to speak in tongues you can't speak in English at the same time you can't speak two languages at the same time and then I realized that you are the one doing the speaking let me just ask you this when you gave your life to Jesus or did God come grab hold of your tongue and said I believe in Jesus who did that? You did. Jesus didn't go, I, sometimes I wish he'd grab our tongues, but he won't. He'll let you speak whatever you want. Unfortunately, some people do. But this is the thing. So I realized that I have to do the speaking. God's not going to uh, move my tongue. It's me. So I went when I went home again on leave, it was months past. I said, man... I've been doing this I be I get off to myself and I just start it's like babbling and my and I did that for like three four or five months and I just quit because I thought back in my mind it just said this over and over and over you're just doing that you're just doing that there's nothing to this you're just doing that you're just doing that and I went, man I'm just doing that so when I came back to this church and I told them all this they said Well, who else would be doing it? Who else would be doing it? Of course you're doing that. But I said, man, it's just babbling. This is where faith comes involved, and your own understanding has to be stopped. Listen to me now. This is the most important part. When you're speaking in tongues, it is just you doing it. But what happens is because you've asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit who's inside of you, he hooks up with what those babbling things are. He hooks that up. And what I don't know how it happens, but he takes whatever you're saying, and it makes it a language, and by the time it gets to heaven, it's God's perfect language because of the Holy Spirit, not because of your certain syllables or your words. Does that make sense? That is called faith. It, by, it bypasses your brain, and your brain goes, well, this is the dumbest thing in the world. If my, and this is things I thought. If people that I knew knew that I was doing this, they would quit being my friend and said, I got a jacket for you. <laughs> it's one of those reversible jackets so I didn't tell any of my friends my, I, didn't, I definitely did not tell any of my friends but this is what happened when I came home there was a preacher and he called me out he called me out nobody knew anything nobody knew what I've been thinking I didn't tell anybody anything he said come up here young man He didn't even know my name and he said he put his hand on it and he started praying for me and he says this whole thing about tongues has been confusing to you But he says, you're going to get through this and you're going to understand it. I just started bawling because I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell my brother-in-law, I didn't tell anybody what's going on in my mind. He read my mail. You ever heard that expression? He just started saying everything that I have been thinking in my mind. And he said, man, God's going to use you. You don't worry about it. You just let it ride. You'll figure it out with the help of the Holy Spirit. So I kept speaking in tongues Kept thinking that it was, you know what? I'm doing this by faith. Lean not into your own understanding. Lean not into it. I believe it's 1 Corinthians. Someplace in 1 Corinthians it says, do not depend upon the flesh. You can't depend upon your flesh. This is the thing. God has given something to us that we can always pray the perfect will. Don't you want to pray the perfect will of God? And this is the thing, the Bible says this: the spirit of a prophet is subject unto the prophet, which means you don't people. And I've heard Christians do this, flaky ones. I just couldn't help myself; the spirit took over me. This is the thing the Bible says: no, you're you're in control of your own spirit. That's for all the people who, anyway, you are in control. You are the one in control. Even when you're speaking in tongues, you're the one. It's just that by faith, the Holy Ghost is now going to hook. You are cooperating. That's the bottom line. You cooperate with the Spirit of God. God will take that, and all of a sudden, whatever He does to it, I don't know, but by the time it gets to heaven, it is the exact perfect will of God. No filters. Romans, you don't know how you pray as you ought, but the Spirit will help you. So, man, when I pray for you all, you all don't know this, but I pray for you all in the Holy Spirit every week. Father, I just pray, you know, and sometimes the Lord will give me one of y'all's faces, and I'll pray for you individually. I'm telling you, it, it just, things start to happen when you become more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Last Sunday, what when we was taking up the offering, and you know, I felt like the Spirit of God said this to me, you know, somebody here couldn't pay the rent. You remember that? I didn't just think. Oh, what do you know? I just thought that. No, that was the Spirit of God. He will do that for you. This is not a preacher thing. God wants to do that to you. You know, you go up to somebody and call them and say, You know, I just felt like I needed to call you. And you find out, man, they're about ready to have a nurse breakdown. So you call them to encourage them. That's the Spirit of God using you. God wants to do that for his whole body, for all of his kids. Why? Because there's so many people hurting. One preacher can't do it all, so God didn't intend for one preacher to do it all. He caused his body to be raised up and to minister life to the world. So anyway, this is another thing. It can help your prayer life. Jude 20, this is my last scripture, all right? It says this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me read one more. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is what? Unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. So listen, some of you may have never heard a message like this, and you may think, what kind of church am I going to? Those were all scriptures. That's not my opinion. Could it be just weird thinking? Yeah, it could be. Or it could be that God wants to help you pray better. It could be that he wants you to pray the perfect will when you don't know. could be just to build yourself up in your most holy faith. All I know is this. At age 18, I started doing this. I'm 62, and I've been doing it every, probably every day of my life since I was 18. It's helped me in life. It's helped me to have a greater hunger for the things of God. It's helped me for scriptures to come more alive. It's helped me in every way. I'm just saying that it is a gift and it's received by faith. There's a lot of benefits from it. It doesn't make you any better than anybody else but it is something that can help you. Some of you may have been struggling in certain areas. The Spirit of God, man, I'm telling you, can help you. He can help you. He can help you to overcome sin. He can help you in so many areas of your life. I just feel like one of the greatest things is is my prayer life. Speaking in tongues is you communion with God. Yes, I still speak in English, Kentucky English. God understands that too. He understands it all. But I speak in tongues because I want to know that I'm praying the perfect will of God for my kids, for my wife, for my friends, for Pueblo, Colorado, for Rocky Mountain Family Church. I do that. Today we're going to give you an opportunity. Let's stand. I'm going to give you the opportunity to be filled. There's no preparation for it except for you asking and believing. There's going to be people up here. I'd like Catherine to come up here as well. I don't know if she's one on the prayer team. Catherine is, she's my mama. (laughs) She knows God. She knows God. She can help anybody and everybody receive what I did. I struggled for months of my life shouldn't have. Anyway, I'm gonna pray for you. All right, let me pray for you, then we'll dismiss. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. I may have not given this message to perfectly, Lord, but I pray that the Spirit of God would put it in people's hearts. The point that I was trying to get across, and Lord, that you would minister life to them and help them to see it. And I just pray for our church. receive all that you have for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.